The following message, entitled Conquering Anger, part six of the series in Proverbs, was given by Mark Altrogi on October 13, 2013 at Sovereign Grace Church of Indiana, Pennsylvania. To learn more about our church, please visit sgcindianapa.org. Thanks for coming this morning, everybody. My name's Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. If this is your first Sunday, welcome. We are really glad you're here. Really appreciate you joining us. I have a request. If you think of it this week, if you could please pray for me and for Christy. We're going this Thursday. We're heading out to... San Francisco area to a church called Wellspring Church, and I'm going to be speaking a number of times at a retreat that they're having, and so um, I just would appreciate any prayers that you would think to pray for me, that God would help me to serve this church and, and uh, keep us safe and that kind of stuff. So thanks if you do that. If you don't... <laughs> No thanks. <laughs> well, this morning we are continuing in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be speaking on the topic of anger. Have you ever seen a child have a temper tantrum? Probably all of us have. They, they fall on the floor kicking and screaming when they don't get something they want. And, any of you guys ever done that? And ever had a temper? You have? Would you like to do a demonstration for us? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. At least that's good. You know, so, you know a child having a temper tantrum, it's, it's actually kind of cute and funny and sort of pathetic at the same time. And uh, As we grow up, we gradually learn that falling on the floor, kicking and screaming won't usually impress anyone or get us very far. But, but we all continue to express anger. At least most of us continue to express anger in various ways. We, we may curse the idiot driver who pulls right out in front of us, or we may yell at our children or get angry at our husband or wife and give them the cold shoulder. Hopefully, not too many of us are doing this, but we may punch a wall or kick something or throw our hands up in the air or roll our eyes, or, or yell, Really? Really? That's the kind of the latest expression I've noticed people, people say all the time when something frustrating happens. Well, most of the time, most of the time, anger feels like it's caused by something outside us. Like, like other people who make us mad, or this flat tire, or all the stupid slow drivers keeping me from getting to work on time, or making me angry, or my boss makes me so mad, or my teenager, or my roommate is so annoying, or, or President Obama, or the whole government, or Republicans, or Democrats, they make me so mad! We don't usually think of anger as our problem. Yeah, it's that preacher up there. He's yelling. 
We don't usually think of anger as our problem. It's, we think of it that somebody else is doing something to me or it's something outside me. Sometimes we get angry to try to get people to do the right thing. Many, many years ago, a dad said to me, he thought a little bit of anger was good. He said, you know, my kids should be a little bit afraid of me, so they'll obey me. You know, we, we can think, I must show my anger to make this person at work do what I want. Or if, we, if I get angry at my teenager when they sin, it, it'll, it'll make them afraid and they won't do it anymore. We're in this series on, on Proverbs, which is filled with practical and spiritual advice. And we've learned from Proverbs the importance of fearing the Lord, watching our inner life, guarding our tongues, the importance of being diligent. And Proverbs also has a lot to say about anger. So we're going to look at that today. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, this is an important subject to You. And... I would imagine all of us struggle with it at one time or another. I know I do at times, Lord, and we all need Your help. And so we just pray You'd help us today. We pray You'd speak to us by Your Word. We pray You'd give us hope to change. We pray You would give us hope for forgiveness for when we have failed and do fail. And Lord, I just pray that Your Word would encourage us and that we would all grow in being slow to anger this morning. We ask in Your name, Jesus. We want, to, we want to change for Your glory. Amen. Amen. Before, before I get into anything though, before I talk about anger, the first thing I want to say is that in Jesus, there is forgiveness for all our sins, including anger. So if, if you today are hear something and you feel convicted, or maybe you feel regret, Maybe you feel like, oh, I've blown it so bad with my kids, or oh, I, I struggle so much with this. My purpose is not to make anybody feel condemned. I want you to have hope when you leave here today, but we need to remember that if, if we have sinned, maybe even this morning on the way here you sinned, but there is forgiveness in Jesus for all our sins. And so Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. The forgiveness of our trespasses. The forgiveness for our anger. The forgiveness for when we have blown it. There is forgiveness in Jesus. And there is also power to overcome and change, which we will see about. There is no sin that Jesus cannot forgive. And Romans 8 one says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if, if anything today from the Word of God convicts you, I don't want anyone to feel condemned. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is a healthy thing. Condemnation is unhealthy and God doesn't want anyone to feel condemned. But to have hope that in Jesus Christ we are forgiven by His blood and can change. So the first thing that Proverbs emphasizes about anger, and it says this over and over again, is that we should be slow to anger. Slow 
to anger. And so it says in Proverbs 14.29, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 15.18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. 16.32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Now, notice what Proverbs does not say. It does not say we should never be angry. Nor does it say that all anger is wrong. God Himself has righteous anger. And there are times when it is appropriate to be angry. If I saw a man beating a child, it would be appropriate for me to be angry at this wickedness and take action to protect that child. But when someone sins against us, or when our children disobey us, or a co-worker insults us, or another driver cuts in front of us, we should be slow to anger. Now the first reason we should be slow to anger is because God is slow to anger. Psalm 103, verse 8, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. See, God would be completely just to strike us down the moment we first sin. But He is patient and forbearing and slow to anger. I rebelled against God for years. I committed all kinds of horrible sins against God for years and He was slow to anger toward me. Instead of casting me into hell as my sins deserved, He sent His Son Jesus to experience hell in my place when He died on the cross to pay for my sins. And even after Jesus saved me, I've been so slow to change. I have failed so many times. And God has been so slow to anger, so forbearing with me, so patient with me. Now, if the Lord is so slow to anger, merciful and gracious, abounding in steadfast love to us and to me, should I not be slow to anger with others? Shouldn't I be merciful and gracious to others? So the first reason we should be slow to anger is because God is slow to anger. The second reason we should be slow to anger is because we are imperfect judges. Think about this. Most of the time, or much of the time, anger involves making a judgment about something. What that person did to me was wrong. I have a right to be angry about it. That was wrong for that person to pull out right then. That was wrong for my boss to do that. We're, we're making a judgment. But the problem is, we are imperfect 
judges. Only God is capable of perfectly righteous anger because He is the perfectly righteous judge. And so Psalm 7.11 says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Only God is perfectly righteous in His judgment, in His understanding. Only God knows the motives of men's hearts. Only God knows all the factors that went into someone doing something. Only God knows the exact anger each sin deserves and the exact punishment each sin deserves. We're very imperfect judges. We don't know the motives of people's hearts. We don't know all they've been through that affects their actions toward us. We constantly, though, are interpreting and making judgments, but those judgments could be wrong. I, 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 could, I could judge you for, what, for the way you act toward me and not know that you just had a really bad day and it was just an off moment and you really didn't intend to say something, but you, you said something that you really regret saying. I don't know the motives of your heart. I can't interpret everything perfectly. So we should be slow to anger because we're so imperfect in our judgments. Years ago, my wife Christy got really sick and she was unable to do anything, including housework, and a lot fell on me. And I struggled with resentment, which is just another form of anger, because I misjudged her. I didn't say anything, but I thought, she's really not that sick. She's really not trying hard enough. Maybe she's just somewhat sick, but I think she's to some degree milking it. <laughs> I was pathetic, pathetic, pathetic. I know, I'm horrible. It's amazing she stayed married to me. <laughs> See, here's how anger works. I thought Christy was doing something wrong to me. I misjudged her because I'm a very imperfect judge. I couldn't know how sick she was at that time. I couldn't know her heart. I was incredibly imperfect. We should be slow to anger because we are such imperfect judges. The third reason we should be slow to anger is because we are all sinners. And so Romans 2 verse 1 says, Therefore... You have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same things. You know, we all sin. We all do the things that we get angry at others for. Or we do many things that are wrong. We blow it many times every day. If you lay on your horn because someone pulls out right in front of you, have you never pulled out right in front of somebody else? Oh, I'm a perfect driver. I have never ever tried to pull out just too quick. Somebody, I mean, there have been times when I've pulled out in front of somebody too quick and I thought, oh, I should have waited. And then if they honk their horn at me, I think, haven't you ever done that? Do you get angry because your wife misplaces your car keys? 
Have you never misplaced anything or forgotten anything? I used to accuse Christy of misplacing the keys. This is another thing I did in our early years. And then I would find them in my jacket pocket. That happened to me so many times over the years that now when I can't find my keys and I find them in my jacket pocket, I say, Christy, why would you hide the keys in my jacket pocket? We should be slow to anger because we too are sinners. Jesus said before you go to somebody else about their sin, make sure you check the log that's in your own eye before you try to help them with the speck in their eye. We're all sinners. We should be merciful to others because we want them to be merciful to us. The third reason we should be slow to anger is because man's anger will not produce the righteousness of God. James 1, 19 and 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James says we should be quick to hear, quick to listen, quick to try to understand, quick to hear another person's point of view. Quick to listen to somebody's input for us. Quick to want to see our sin and change. But we should be slow to speak and slow to get angry at someone else's behavior because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, we want people to treat us with righteousness. See, we, we want people to act righteously. We want our children to do the right thing. We want our children to act righteously. We want people to treat us with righteousness. And somehow we get it into our minds that I have to yell at them to get them to do the right thing. I have to intimidate people to get them to do the right thing. And James says, no. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I heard this years ago and it, and it affected me. If we yell at our kids to intimidate them, they may obey outwardly, but it will only turn them into little Pharisees. Little hypocrites. The Pharisees did the right thing on the outside, but on the inside, they had no heart for God at all. And if we if we get angry at our children to try to make them obey, oh, they might obey out of the fear of man, but it will not change their heart. It will not produce righteousness in their hearts. It won't move them in the direction of God. So next time you're tempted to get angry at someone, remember, anger doesn't do any good. I mean, you might intimidate someone into doing something outwardly, but it's not going to move them in the direction of God. It's not going to produce the righteousness that God's looking for. Now, if you struggle with anger, here's good news. Believers in Jesus Christ can change because we have the power of the Holy Spirit and He is working in us to change. He is empowering us. He has given us His very Spirit. And so He's working in us to change. 
We'll talk about that a little bit more. But we can be slow to anger. Another way of talking about this is self-control or ruling our spirit. Verse, Proverbs 16, verse 32 says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Now, the Bible says that before we call upon Jesus Christ, we are slaves of sin. And we cannot break the power of sin in our lives. And so some of us, before we came to Jesus Christ, and maybe some of you here today, you are slaves of anger. And if you're not a slave of anger before you come to Jesus Christ, you'll be a slave of some kind of sin. But when we come to Jesus, when He saves us, He breaks the power of sin to dominate us, and He gives us the Holy Spirit who fills us with the power of God to overcome sin as we walk with Jesus day by day, praying to Him, seeking Him, seeking to put sin to death in every situation, repenting when we blow it, getting back up, trying again. See, the, the only way we are going to overcome sin is for God to put us in situations that we're going to be tempted to, to anger. God is going to build self-control into your life by placing you in situations where you could be tempted to be angry. God Himself doesn't tempt anyone, but He, he allows us to go through things so that we'll develop self-control. That's good news, isn't it? Might happen today on your way home. <laughs> Whoever is slow to anger, though, is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit. See, the, the fruit of the spirit, it says in Galatians 5:22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit of God living in us, the fruit He produces in our lives is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Look how many of the fruits of the Spirit are the opposite of being quick to anger. Love, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. We can rule our spirit. We can control ourselves. We don't have to give in to anger. It feels like it. I admit, it feels like it. It feels like anger just comes on. It feels like we can't control it, but we can by the power of the Holy Spirit with God's help. We might have to pray at that moment, Lord Jesus, help me. Give me grace. Give me patience. Give me, help me to respond with gentleness. But He can and will and intends to help us in Hebrews, it says, let us come to the throne of grace for help and mercy in time of need. To our great high priest can give us all we need. Now, one of the reasons why Proverbs tells us we should be slow to anger is because it tells us it's very, very dangerous to be quick to anger. Proverbs 14.29 says, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Now in the Bible, in Proverbs, folly, it's not just like a little bit of foolishness or silliness 
as we think of folly. Folly in the book of Proverbs equals wickedness. It's evil. So we should read Proverbs 14.29 like this. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts wickedness. He who has a hasty temper promotes evil. Do you you want to promote wickedness in your life and evil in your life? Have a hasty temper. Be quick to get angry. Even the American Psychological Association, which does not claim to be Christian, I just wanted to see what they said about anger. Here's what the American Psychological Association says. Quote, Anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you wrong. And then it goes on a little bit. And then it says, excessive anger can cause problems. Increased blood pressure and other physical changes associated with anger. Listen to this. Other physical changes associated with anger make it difficult to think straight and harm your physical and mental health. I mean, this is non-Christians saying this. When you get angry, you don't think straight. You do stupid things. You say hurtful things. You're unreasonable. Anger leads to wife beating and child abuse and murder and divorce and saying hurtful, harmful things to your children and hurtful, God-dishonoring things to your dad and mom. Anger leads to sin. Anger exalts wickedness. Anger promotes evil. In fact, the very first murder that occurred on planet Earth was a result of anger. Genesis chapter 4, 4-8 says, And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell the Lord said to Cain Cain why are you angry why has your face fallen if you do well will you not be accepted and if you do not do well sin is crouching at the door its desire is for you but you must rule over it See, God was warning Cain. He said, if you give in to anger, it's going to bring, it's going to exalt wickedness. It's going to promote evil. And so Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. See, see, it's dangerous to be quick to anger. Proverbs 19.19 says, a man of great wrath will pay the penalty For if you deliver him, you will only have to do it again. If you're given to anger, you're going to pay the penalty. It will affect your life and it will keep happening again and again and again. Your penalty might be you might lose your wife. I know of at least two men whose anger played a major part in ruining their marriages. Your anger may cut you off from your children, may cost you your job, you might wind up in jail, but you will keep paying penalties all your life. I recently heard a story about a man who took his broken iPhone to an Apple store. All you guys who hate Apple products are going to love this story. He took his his iPhone to an Apple store and they said, you're going to have to wait two hours. 
to see somebody. So he sat down, was reading the book, 90 minutes into it, he goes up and says, you know, I've been here 90 minutes, can I see somebody? And uh, the concierge said, it'll be another two hours. He said, another two hours? And the, the Apple guy said, if you had made an appointment, this wouldn't have happened. That's what appointments are for. You make an appointment, you get seen. Well, this guy was steaming mad. He was steaming with anger. And he goes home and he's sitting on his couch and he's fuming with anger. And he, he starts watching this movie that, that a guy's threatening to kill somebody else. And so he gets on Facebook and he essentially types in the same quote that he saw in the movie. And he said, uh, a guy, he says, and he writes his own name in here. I might just walk into the Apple store on Fifth Avenue with a gun and start shooting one of those smug, fruity little concierges. And he, he's, he's just steaming as he writes this. And he thinks it's really funny, you know, writing this thing from the movie. And an hour, hour one hour later, he hears... On his front door, he just goes to the front door, and there's a SWAT team there. And they arrest him, and they take him downtown for three and a half hours of grilling. They tell him Homeland Security wants to talk to him. He winds up going to court six, six times at least in, in the future. And, and, and the story I listened to, he said, hey, that's just the way I am. I thought... Your whole life is going to be miserable, buddy. You're going to, because it says, a man of great wrath will pay the penalty. If you deliver him, you'll only have to do it again. Anger always makes things worse. Proverbs 15 18, a hot tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger, slow to anger, quiets contention. You want a lot of strife in your life? You want to stir up strife? You want to make things worse? Be a hot-tempered man or woman. Do you want peace? Do you want to quiet down contention in your life? Be slow to anger. Now, Proverbs also says there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of benefits. It leads to being slow to anger. Being slow to anger leads to victories in your life. Want to have a victorious life in Jesus? One of the factors in having a life that is victorious is to be slow to anger. Proverbs 16.32 Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Now let's take that apart. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. This means... If you're slow to anger, you are better than a mighty warrior. He says, if you rule your spirit, you're better than he who takes a city. You, if you rule your spirit, you are better than a king or a general in the, in the day that Proverbs was written who would take a city. You, you are a better warrior than a general who could conquer a fortified city. In other words, you will have victories in your life. You will lead a victorious life. You will overcome many things that trip others up. And you will avoid many snares and pitfalls that anger can lead to. 
It is better to rule your spirit than to be General Patton or Alexander the Great. Do you want to have victories with your wife? Do you want to have victories with your children? Victories with your professors? In class, rule your spirit. When I was in college, I was not a Christian, but my dad and mom gave me some great advice. Dad, I don't, I, I don't know if you remember this story, but thank you for the advice you gave me. And here's what their advice was. Never smart off to a professor. I'm, I'm giving you this free advice, all you college students. Here it is today, the advice that my dad and mom gave me that served me because one day, no matter what they said to me, no matter what a prof says to you, don't smart off. Control yourself. Well, I had that opportunity one day in my freshman design class. I was an art major, and the assignment was to do a three-dimensional project out of paper, and I did a large three-dimensional housefly. And I have to admit, it was not that good. Uh, and my professor was not known for being tactful. He muttered something as he walked past my desk, and I didn't hear him, so I said, excuse me, I didn't hear what you said. And he said out loud for the whole class to hear, I said, do you have a match? Because you should burn that thing. <laughs> I, I was humiliated. I was, I was flushed in my face. I, was so sh I, was, I probably didn't say anything because I was just so shocked. But... I, I was starting to, I was thinking of stuff like, I felt like saying, well, I've seen your stuff, and I'd say you should pick up a few matches yourself. But I didn't say anything. <laughs> Fortunately, I did not say a word. I, I went and redid my project. If I had said something, I'm sure the prof would have flunked me. As it turned out, I redid it. And he wound up, the prof wound up liking me, and I got an A in the class. But whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules the spirit than he who takes a city. There's victories in our lives by applying this. And Jesus is our ultimate example. Jesus is the ultimate example. 1 Peter 2, 18-23. And Peter is addressing servants who were being mistreated, who had every likelihood of getting angry. And so Peter says, Slaves, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. He says, be subject to your masters with all respect. And he says, for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure. But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in His steps. Okay, here's the example Jesus left us of being sinned against. He committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in His mouth. When He was reviled, He did not revile in return. When He suffered, He did not threaten, but continued entrusting Himself to Him who judges justly. So Peter is saying, slaves, even if you have a master who you do good and then he treats you bad, 
Don't revile. Don't be disrespectful. Jesus is our example. He was arrested. He was tried unjustly. He was beaten. He was mocked. He was scourged. He was nailed to a cross. Yet Jesus didn't revile in anger. He didn't threaten. He didn't say, wait till I arise from the dead a couple days from now. Oh, you'll be, you'll be laughing then. No. How did Jesus do it? He continued entrusting Himself to Him who judges justly. That is one of the secrets of being slow to anger. We need to entrust ourselves to Him who judges justly. Remember, we are very, very flawed and imperfect judges. We are sinners. But we can say, Lord, in the end, I know You will bring about justice. And I know, Lord, that You know all that is going into this. You know what the perfect reaction. You know the right measure of anger this deserves. I'm going to entrust You. I'm not going to take it into my own hands. Let's leave judgment to God and be slow to anger. So, we should be slow to anger because God is slow to anger. We should be slow to anger because anger of man will not produce any righteousness that God is looking for. We should be slow to anger because anger leads to just increasing wickedness and trouble. And controlling ourselves leads to victories. I am so glad Jesus died on the cross to pay for all my sins of anger. And so if you're sitting here now thinking, oh man, I've really blown it. Jesus paid for that sin. Paid for every sin. Even if you blew it this morning, Jesus paid for that sin of anger. He paid for every curse word. He paid for every murderous thought. He paid for every time we've been mildly resentful to cursing our heads off. And He did this because He loves us and wants to forgive us and He wants to give us victory in our lives. And so He gives us His Spirit to produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So what I want to do is we're going to pray and ask the worship team to come up. And then we have a prayer team of people who love to pray for any need whatsoever. And so if you're thinking, man, I I just want someone to pray for me about my anger. I want someone to pray for me about a situation I'm tempted to be angry in. Or if it's anything whatsoever, even if you just have a cold and you'd like someone to pray for you for that, come on up after we sing and let the prayer team pray for you. They love to pray for people. They want to pray for people. So let's stand and let's pray. Jesus, I am so thankful that You paid for my sins of anger. Thank You. 
thank you that your blood causes God to pass over us and not judge us. Lord, I just pray that all of us would grow in self-control. You would help us, Lord, to become increasingly like you, Jesus. And thank you that that's what you are doing in our lives. Lord, for those who are really struggling and feel hopeless, I pray you'd give them hope this morning. Lord, we give you praise in advance for victories. Thank you that you will help us. Lord, I pray you'd help every husband, every wife, every parent, every child, every teenager, Lord, college students, help every one of us in this room. And thank you that you will, because you love us. In Jesus' name, amen.